Hello everyone, Josh here, and thank you so much for tuning into the Necessary Bullshit Podcast. Um, you are here at our very first separated segment of the NBS News. Um, at first, when I had this idea of covering current events and whatnot, we were trying to do them in the beginning of the episodes and transition into our main content. But Ian and I, of course, we just love to chatter, and we ended up wanting to spend more time on main topics, so we decided to break off the NBS News part and have it be on its own standalone um, episodes. Now, granted, it's not going to affect the RSS feed, so those of you that either on our Patreon or regular RSS feeds, you'll still uh, get access to these episodes. It's just going to be kind of a little standalone thing and not attached to our main episode. So we do cover that a little bit in previous housekeepings, but for those of you that are just tuning in, uh, I just want you to be aware that this is a structure we're going to be moving to where our main episodes will be coming out on Fridays, and these NBS news segments will be coming out on Mondays. So keep an eye on your RSS feeds, turn on your notifications, because we're going to be coming at you with some more content. But that being said, I do want to kind of give a little bit of a heads up with the coronavirus and everything else going on. Um, it has affected you know Ian and I's personal situations, and so we are kind of doing a a virtual uh, recording session. As in, I'm still in the studio, but uh, I'm skyping with Ian in for the first half. And when we had some technical difficulties, so that's probably till about 13 minutes in, and then we switched to him recording himself on his phone call, and then I just went in and spliced and edited the audio. So yes, Ian's gonna kind of sound not as good as he usually does, but we are gonna keep working and experimenting, and we still want to get content out there and we're just going to take some time to figure out how to make it smooth and and effective uh, while we transition into this digital realm uh, until we can meet again when all of this clears up so for that time being um, we are going to be covering the coronavirus in this episode because we do feel like a lot has happened since we last covered it and so stay tuned and thank you so much guys and uh, yeah enjoy our very first nbs news and welcome to the NBS News with your hosts, Josh Simpson and Ian Savage. Okay. Hey, uh, bullshitters. Well, welcome to, to the, the uh, Necessary you know, Bullshit the, Podcast. The NBS News uh, segment here. Yeah, yeah. now we're going to try to, now it's going to be more impossible for us to talk over each other. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I, you know, it's not like it doesn't happen uh uh, every once in a while anyway so that's true and also um, yeah, at some point i'll uh, at some point i'll get a webcam so i can we can see each other and it makes it a little bit easier so yeah yeah and so um i mean for for all the listeners uh you know we sort of um explained this in our housekeeping for our latest uh standard episode on education um we just thought that with everything going on and us sort of slacking on the nbs news segment that uh, we might as well just start a whole new episode series of, you know, NBS news. That'll just be a, a weekly occurrence. So let's see, we're recording this on the 21st of March and which is a Saturday and you'll see this on Monday. Yep. So, yep. uh, yeah. yeah. So where, uh, where do you want to start? Yeah, so we uh, we wanted to do the first episode. Obviously, I know people are probably sick of hearing about it, but we want to really talk about the coronavirus. Essentially, there's a lot of things there's a lot of things about it um, that has expanded since we covered it in late February. Um, so we want to cover that. There's a lot of interesting questions that it brings up culturally uh, about you know what's going on and how things are being handled and and what people believe that's going on with it, and uh, some interesting articles that Ian uh, sent my way. So I think that's going to be our focus of this episode episode is to make sure that we're going to be educated and, and... to be fair it's probably going to be the focus of very many uh <laughs> mbs news episodes 
because as of right now, I mean, coronavirus is uh, that's sort of, I mean, that's what's it, that's everything right now. Right. That's, is, and that's true. And it's affecting, so. you know, and it's yep. affecting more, you know, and we'll probably have personal commentary about how it's affected us thus far. And just kind of, it's just interesting. It's uh, the first time in, you know, definitely mine and Ian's lives that it's, you know, a, a pandemic like this has affected the world as, as greatly as it has. Right. You know, I was sort of, you know, think I've been thinking about this, you know, and how other world events has have affected us and how I felt about it. You know, the only two I can really remember is nine 11. Right. Uh, and then the great recession, you know, nine 11 now, you know, of course, you know, for a short period of time, people were worried about whether or not, you know, we were going to have terrorist incels, you know, coming into the country and, and destroying us. I mean, there was a large anthrax scare for a long time, but for the most part, people would about their days, you know, fairly regularly. Now, granted, like the creation of the TSA and the way that we travel around the world now has completely changed. And I mean, you know, you just look at the Patriot Act and, and sort of big government and how that has changed as well. I would argue for the worse, but it didn't have the same feeling. And the same thing went uh, with the Great Recession. While it was hard to get a job and gas prices were skyrocketing, I mean, it was just overall a general tough time to live through. For the most part, people could still go to work and still hang out in large crowds and, and have a sense of normalcy uh, in what's going on. Now, granted, I think with the coronavirus outbreak here in the U.S., I do still feel that there is a, a an attempt to live, you know, a normal life, you know, even though, you know, a lot of people are self-isolating and can't go back to work, but there's still that feeling. But this is so different, you know, that it's just, it's making, it's, it's making a regular and normal life uh, much more difficult. So we were kind of arguing about this. It was my buddy's birthday recently. And so we're all doing a FaceTime hangout and we were talking, just debating, you know, about the way that we're handling this. In the sense that the government is attempting to handle it like it's an economic crisis, e even though, like, yes, the the virus. I mean, it, it is, but no, but the, but it's yeah. not. It's, the problem is, though, is it's not like the. I guess it's it, it's it's indirectly an economic issue. Is the is what we're yes. debating because if it was a direct economic issue, the normal means of of combating that might be that might be they might work. However, because it's the pandemic and trying to maintain and get ahead of the curve of this virus, that's therefore, and that's for the, the cause is, is these economic problems. And so you have to find a different solution because of the base root of the cause of the problem. Right, for sure. I mean, the, you know, the economic effects are, are certainly secondary. Um, now, granted, I mean, they are, they are large in scale, but um, certainly actually dealing with the pandemic is first and foremost and we'll cover um, that in one of the well, articles that you sent. You know, they talk. You know, he, he in the Trump presidency is over, I believe, as he talks about all the all the you know the ways that Trump is mishandled the beginning of it. You know, obviously he said he's not to blame yeah. for COVID nineteen. Like nobody's to blame for the for the pandemic. However, there are steps that you could have taken in the early stages to to at least prevent the craziness that it is now. Right. You know, and um, it's 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 sort of interesting too because for the most part. In just this essay, and again, you know, like our standard episodes, we're going to be putting every um, article or or link that we um, have in front of us up on the show notes. Um, but so in this Atlantic uh, essay, the Trump the Trump presidency is over. Excuse me. Um, you know, for the most part, his analysis I think is spot on, uh, but I don't necessarily think that this guarantees uh, Trump 
losing the election. Um, That's what I was going to say. So, you know, I think it lessens his chances, but I don't think it guarantees him losing. You know, and I think it's, you know, for example, like he goes through this list in the article. He says uh, he claimed that we uh, we had it contained in the U.S. when we did not. He claimed that Mm -hmm. we shut it down when we did not. He claimed testing was available when it wasn't. He claimed the coronavirus will one day disappear like a miracle and it hasn't. He, uh, you know, he called, he's, he said cases in Italy were getting smaller and they weren't. Um, he didn't, he, he even joked about not letting the cruise ship for, uh, off the coast of California dock because he didn't want to increase the numbers of, of, of affected cases. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, so it's, it's clear to me that he is certainly incapable of actually dealing with it. It's funny too, because, you know, there was a time, you know, it's, it's now past, but there was a time when he was you know, not taking it seriously. And then for about a week when, you know, the deaths and amount of cases spiked in the U.S. Um, and he was like, OK, I've got to get serious, maybe for about three or four days. And that is now back to this sort of paranoia, starting to blame other people. Um, and it, it just sort of goes to show you that he I mean, he clearly isn't qualified, but um, about how something like this is so daunting, you know, and he talks about like how, uh, you know, you know, uh, when he went to go was at the CDC and he spoke to the doctors there and the scientists there and in the public uh, press event afterwards, you know, he was talking about how, oh, the doctor said, I know so much about this. How do you know so much about this? And it's just this sort of arrogance and narcissism that is I mean, this is not how you handle this kind of shit. I mean, think about all the other presidents that I mean, we remember and their economic policies that maybe we did or didn't like or just their policies in general. I mean, I can think about Bush and taking us into um, Afghanistan and Iraq. Now, you know, those could be viewed as some pretty shitty decisions. But for the most part, I mean, Bush was a coherent president. I know a lot of people gave him shit. Uh, for being like a monkey and everything, but well, I mean, I think the I think really it boils down really, to it, it's it's the sense of okay, okay, well I guess the way that this virus is kind of moving on this the author yeah. is is a, is essentially saying that the people are going to discover that like the handling initial handling of this virus is going to mean that like Trump's presidency is going to tank. However, the things that I've been seeing online is a series of conspiracies that are like this is all created to to like ruin Trump's economy. Like this is all hoaxed. There's that, one, right. there's that one businessman that did that video of like trying to say that the coronavirus is manufactured like, and it was, it's not like it's, it's all fake and, and all this stuff. And so it's just amazing the way that people, you know, when you're under extreme stress, the things that their brains do to convince themselves that this is okay. And like, you know, you think of Michael Shermer, who's just like the larger you think the conspiracy is, the more likely it's untrue because people talk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I even had a coworker who was uh, sort of speaking about different things. It's just like, uh, you know, he was saying that, oh, that, you know, the media keeps saying not to not to worry about it or and, and it's very dangerous. You know, what do we do? How what should we listen to them about? And started going down the rabbit hole of, of conspiratorial thinking. And I think that that says something specifically about uh, Trump's presidency. that There are so many people who are willing to support him no matter what. And uh, to me, that baffles me. Obviously, there's a sense of tribalism there. And of course, the populism that is at the baseline of, of, of Trump's presidency. But uh, I, I'm, ju- I'm just over, increasingly overwhelmed the amount of people who, and I saw an essay uh, headline today, I think it was also in the Atlantic. Um, I'm not sure the date of it. Uh, but how people in blue and red America are 
are experiencing an entirely different pandemic from one another. It's it, his basis acts are acting in such a way that's so much different than the left. You know, for the most part, I think the left is largely accepting the facts about the about the problem. You know, while maybe being a little bit over panicky, but I think that's probably better than denying it. Well, I think that that leads really well into the other Atlantic article you sent me about the Fed did not just spend one point five trillion dollars um, in relief money. Yeah. You know, talking about the left has been yeah. understandable of these problems, but they might, you know, again, and even, even the author goes, I understand the initial irritation of, of how that feels on the surface, because you're right. The federal government does do weird things and they have spent billions of taxpayers dollars to buy out big corporations. So that is something mm -hmm. that the government has done. However, you know, she goes on to explain in the article that it's, it's like it's a series of loans like the federal government is giving a very low the central bank, excuse me, the central bank is is, you know, offering financial firms up to one point five trillion in short term, um, you know, loans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, part of the part of the reaction on the left that I see and, and, and among a lot of people is that like, oh, you can pay this you know amount of money, but um uh, but you can't pay off student debt or anything else. And, and of course, there's always these, you know, these memes that kind of go around when um, Republicans talk about uh, health care for all. It's like, how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for it? And then the Fed does this. And a lot of people on the left sort of throw this back at their face like, oh, how, you know, you can do this, but how are you going to pay for it? Right. And it's right. just sort of that the false equivalency there, you know, and I think it's probably the amount of money that they're spending on it is probably, I mean, I think that's where a lot of people are feeling aggrieved, especially since it does match up um, with the, the about amount of a total student debt. So I thought that was um, interesting. Well, this, this might be my biasy, but it's like, there it's, is some truth to like, that because there's certain Republican policies that, you know, that are talked about on a short term or they don't really bring a price at all when the left's like agendas are always critiqued by price. So like I, I do, I understand, I'm sympathetic to why people might make that link, even though I agree with you. I don't think it's the right link to make. I just can understand where that link came from. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think it's, it, there's, uh, there's obviously some, some risk in, in lending, uh, these financial firms this much money um also i should apologize to our listeners uh, just in case um, um you know this is a skype call and we, yeah i yeah, have yeah. Dogs that we're, bark, so. we're quarantined at home i'm sure um, you can probably hear the ball squeaking in the background too because the dog's here everybody's stuck <laughs> at home with the quarantine so we thought hey if we're going to be quarantined we might as well talk about the quarantine um, yeah, exactly. But I think that, yeah, so. like, before we can have a more freeform conversation, I think uh, let's just let's cover this Forbes article. You know, Trump temporary suspends payments on federal student loans. You want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah, I mean, I just think that you know, first of all, it's uh, you know, and I'm looking at an uh, an updated version of it too. Looks like it was updated on the 20th of March, so uh, yesterday. Um, and yeah, I mean, at first, you know, he said it. Gosh, I think it was around the 13th when he first uh, mentioned it, and Back then, the Department of Education hadn't really responded to it, and there it wasn't something they were planning. He just sort of, you know, spontaneously said it, you know, as as he as he does with other things. Um, but now I think it's actually planning on going into effect. When it will go into effect is is unknown, um, but it should be for at least uh, sixty days. And I I mean it could it could be already in effect. Um, I'm not seeing exactly when. Uh, 
but it's for government subsidized loans, right? So they are private loans, which is the majority of student loans. Right, right. And that's that's true. And then it also says something about the, the suspension is, is it's something that he has proposed, but it's not quite gone through the ringer yet. And that's the tricky right. part, because there's a lot of things that are that are kind of being proposed. There's a lot of misinformation being spread or a lot of thi- So I guess I should have said this, not maybe misinformation, but a lot of things that are being spread about proposals that he has said that like appear to be more forthcoming than they might. You know, what it's like right. I've heard I've heard it's gonna be a thousand dollars. I heard it's gonna be thirteen hundred. I've heard it's gonna be two thousand. Like the number of money he's gonna to give to Americans. I've heard, you know, an article Rudy, Rudy Giovanni says it's illegal to do that. Like all sorts of different stuff. You know, being <laughs> <laughs> being spread around. But you're right. And then also too, apparently tr- Trump also uh, in the same thing, he limited he limited enforcement of standardized testing requirements in elementary and high school. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I mean, especially since, I mean, that's some like you know, no child left behind act sort of crap that we talked about um, in, in uh, 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 our education episode. Um, but it's also, I mean, it's strange to not enforce those when it's likely that schools, public schools at least, are going to be closed down for the foreseeable future um, in uh, in places where they are closing. So like here in Oregon, all public schools are closed. I think in Washington and California, all public schools are closed. Um, I can see why that you might want to do that. Um, but maybe it would be better just get rid of it altogether. <laughs> no, true. No, I guess that's, well, that's fair. That's, that's why it's really interesting. You know, when we, when we first covered this, it was still kind of in its infancy, you know, mustering or growing you know, underneath all of our eyes. And then now I think it was, what it was last Wednesday is when uh, Governor Kate Brown in Oregon did her first you know, 250 people ban. And it's been going crazy since then. And then the rest of the country is following suit. And, you know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how fascinating it's been with the with the cultural conspiracies or, or what do you think people do you, or the way that people are pissed off about how it's being handled. And do you have any like thoughts on, you know, do you, do you think that this is like being handled in the way that it should or is, is it a pandemic and we just have to deal with it or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult to uh, to address, you know, for. All of, all of the obvious and, and not so obvious reasons. The fact that, I mean, this is sort of spreading like a wildfire. Um, I do think that, you know, just looking at this, uh, so we pulled up this uh, worldometer, uh, world, info on the coronavirus, and I thought it was uh, super informative. And um, for the most part, uh, you know, they've got, they've got a nice breakdown, like when you, do, when you have total cases versus total death, I mean, you know, the total cases is just uh, 275,000 people, and the total deaths right now are um, almost 12,000 people. And when you look at it uh, logarithmically, we're actually right now we're we we're sort of slowing down, and now we're uh, it's speeding back up again as far as the rates of 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 cases and deaths. Yeah, and I thought some interesting you know facts here. So for those that don't want to go look it up, um. So as far as the numbers that I'm looking at here, the the total number of cases is is up to three hundred four thousand or three hundred four thousand three hundred thirty six. Mm-hmm. Whoa, uh, there are let's see, there are been twelve hundred twelve thousand nine hundred eighty four deaths. There's been ninety four thousand six hundred seventy seven people recovered. 
There's 196,675 active cases, currently infected patients, 187,294, 95% in mild, and then 5% in serious. And then um, this is the breakdown here. So China is at 81,000 cases, just over. Italy is at 53,500 cases, just about. Spain, 25,500, just about. U.S. is uh, about just over 24,000. Germany is at 22,200. Iran is at uh, 20,600, and then France is around 14, you know, 14 and a half thousand. So yeah. those are probably the top countries and everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to, to see here. I mean, you know, like China is obviously um, at the top, but I think they are starting to get a handle on things. Um, and then Italy, Spain, and, and, and the United States, um, USA being fourth here. Um, obviously a lot of people travel in and out of the United States and, and those other few countries. I think it's interesting, you know, the way we're handling it is very different than say what China does. You know, first of all, you know, I think it's, it's absolutely, uh, we can blame China at first, you know, for their lack of information, lack of public information about the cases and, and the amount of people that death just overall, you know, because they're so sealed off from the rest of the world and in that way in regards to the information and the internet and, and things of the like. So, and they're completely totalitarian. So the way that they can handle things, for example, they can probably do, and I've, and I've heard uh, uh, from a few other sources that they're actually able to uh, a lot more quickly uh, test people for vaccines, you know, human testing and test various other things because they don't have the more strict, uh, you know, drug regulations that we have uh, over here in the United States and another um uh, Western country. So I think that's interesting um, as well. But I also think too, you know, at looking at this list, um, every, it looks like all the countries that they have listed here have at least one. And I, I, can't, I, don't, I don't know how many countries they're listing here, if it's all, you know, 200 and, and some, I, I don't, oh, it's 188 countries. So, I mean, all of those listed have at least one case. Uh, you know, of coronavirus. And, and I right. just, it's, it's just, it's amazing how widespread this is. I mean, I heard the other day that somebody, that a doctor or scientist rather in Antarctica has coronavirus. I mean, so that's uh, fascinating that it's gotten all the way down there. And I just think that this is one of those, um, you know, not just as a pandemic, but it's one of those world changing events that is going to have lasting effects for, decades in the sense that how we deal with it now is going to inform us how we deal with other pandemics um, later on uh, in our history and uh, just with any other you know worldwide event that has catastrophic effects this is going to re you know our reactions to it is going to reflect how we react to those things later on and right now i think the united states specific specifically is dealing with it rather poorly especially since I mean, now granted, you know, we're not Italy yet, and I, I don't think we will get to that point. But, you know, just going back to how Trump has sort of failed to deal with this in any uh, reasonable way, we could have had a better lockdown on this. Now, granted, that doesn't mean that we wouldn't have gotten coronavirus. I mean, it's almost, you know, certain that we would have. Um, you know, but, you know, he, he suspended travel to, to, to China and to Europe. Um, obviously, China was the first one to go. But to Europe, I mean, that to me would have been an obvious uh, first to do. It's like, okay, no more travel to Europe. Um, probably no travel to, uh, to Africa or, um, uh, you know, the Middle East or anything like that where there's going to be a lot more close proximity 
uh, to the, you know, originating of, uh, of coronavirus. And so it's just, I mean, it's just interesting to see how out of hand this has gotten. You know, I think we spoke before on our disease episode, uh, you know, I was sort of lax in, in, in my uh, attitude towards it, but it's like, come on, like, what the hell? And, you know, and now, I mean, you know, nobody can go to work. Uh, and it's just one of those things that I actually, I mean, I actually don't know how, how things are going to go. Um, right. And that's, and that's, and that's been the big, uh, that's been the big real debate. You know, it's this yeah. debate on, on, are we handling it properly? It's like, you know, we were so quick, especially, you know, here in Oregon. And I know that New York and, and California and Ohio and a few of these other you know, states have already taken suit. So they kind of feel the pain, but a lot of these states are just quickly just, okay, we're doing a ban on this. We're shutting down this. We're doing that. And like, you know, a lot of people, you have half the country that is, or what it feels like, I guess this is kind of more anecdotal, but to me, what I see online is it, it appears to be half the country is like, you know, take this seriously. People are dying. Like we need to make sure that we're smart about it. And I know that it sucks, but it's like what we got to do. And then the other half of the people are like, you're just taking away my money. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're expecting me to pay everything and I can't work. This is bullshit. Like this is, you know, nobody's, it's not that big of a deal. It's just old people. Like, so you just have to, this again, another event that is happening that we just have such a polarized divide, you know, and, and how we're viewing it and, and what we're taking away from it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's, you know, of course, too, you know, there's a lot of people linking this back to the pandemic, you know, the Spanish flu um, back in 1918 and 1919 um, and how ill-prepared people were for that and how this is on a similar scale. Now, granted, I, I think it could be as bad as, as the Spanish flu, but I think, I mean, they just didn't have the, the right kind of medicine and technology back then to understand uh, how to deal with that uh, that properly. So I think it's, I think it's very different, but you know, I, I just, I want to speak to, uh, the overall anxiety that people are feeling about, uh, about it for a minute, because it's one of those, it's, it's one of those events that has so many unknowns that many people are, are feeling anxious about it. I mean, my wife, you know, just about every day she's looking about stuff, uh, you know, about coronavirus and, you know, I just hear her, under her breath going like, fuck. And I'm like, you got to stop, <laughs> you, you know, uh, you got to right, stop, it's hard not. you know, because it's, it is, it is hard not to, but, um, it's, it's one of those things where if you, if you look too much into it and, and spend so much time worrying about the details, you know, when it's not your job to, then you risk, I, I think, falling into a deeper level of, of anxiety and it makes it difficult to find some semblance of, of normalcy. That's true. Well, and it's also because we just don't know where it's going to go. We don't know. Like we're relying on, you know, the people in Washington to decide on how to properly best recompensate us. Because, you know, for me, it's I am I'm very much in the restaurant industry. And, you know, one day we were open and then all of a sudden, like, you know, we just have this executive order to ban dine-ins. And before I know it, we're. You know, we're just doing limited to goes and we're going to see how long that goes. And, you know, my hours got slashed and who knows if that means that I'm, you know, if I'm going to be laid off next, if we can't you know, stay profitable in that time. And, you know, what does that mean for bills and, and everything else? So I know, you know, economically speaking, that a lot of people are worried, you know, about how that's going to play out. And, and it's only just a matter of time before we see, you know, what they're going to do and what they're going to propose. And so until then, those are just the numbers. And we just kind of have to like, 
you know, Grant and Barrett and, and do our best to stay on top of the, the, the right proper information and, and not just look, not just look at the title of an article and go, okay, this is it. I got to share it, you know, and right. you know, cause you got a lot of that going on and just make sure that we're as prepared as we can and just, you know, we'll see if this thing gets any worse or gets any better, but like with anything else, it's, it, it's tends to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally the same sentiment I was thinking. And I mean, yeah, it's, I think that, you know, one of the, obviously the, the concern here is, uh, is on an economic level and how people are going to be affected and, and are already starting to be affected. And I think it's interesting that there are so many, um, companies, corporations, you know, rental properties um, who are saying like, hey, you know, we know this is trying times, but we're going to be here for you. You're like, okay, well, what are you doing for me? Are you going to like pause my rent or, or like, you know, hold off on, on billing me for this kind of thing? They're like, oh no, we're still going to charge you money, even though you can't go to work by law. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, right. you know, I mean, maybe not by law in some cases, but uh, I mean, you know, you know, uh, the governor of California said that every everybody every Californian worker 100 percent of uh, or sorry no um, that was Andrew Cuomo in New York said 100 percent of workers have to stay home. Now you can go out and exercise uh, you know I think and and go do your shopping what you need to do but if you legally can't go to work how are you how are you supposed to pay these bills just you know just get rid of all your stuff you know sell your home or leave your apartment you know live on the street when you just want people to be homeless and so this is one of those things where i mean obviously a stimulus package uh, from the government is is such an important uh thing right now um but it's still i mean we're still in limbo of that right you know they can't act on that right now when they could have acted on it um you know last week or the week before so well i think it just put, it, it just it, it poses a bigger question here because essentially when you look at it from just the lens of a pandemic in a disease prevention or control, it makes sense to just limit the amount of contact between humans and, and try to figure out what's going on and trying mm -hmm. to re reduce the spread to get ahead of the curve, especially because we just found out it's been spreading for weeks and weeks under our nose. Yeah. However, when you do that, there are economic side effects. And if the working class is no longer able to go to work, like they're not able to afford anything. And and so what some people are saying is, well, if you are preventing me from working and you're preventing me from getting my source of income, then why are you not preventing a renter from getting their source of income? Because if I have to be punished, why am I still owing them money when you're making me not earn money? And right. so you, but some people are trying to say some people are on the argument that, OK, well, that the reason why you're not at work is because you are you know in a workplace that has a gathering or you you are affecting what could the disease spread my line of work is not affecting the pandemic and mm -hmm. so why would you want to just take away mine but see so you have people that are you have a pandemic lens on it but you also have an economic economic lens to look at it as well and you have to really balance the both and and right now we're just kind of confused and figuring out how we're going to find that balance between managing a pandemic and what the economic side effects will be yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I I really don't see it, you know, happening anytime soon. I, I think, um, uh, like you said, it is going to get worse than it's going to before it gets better. And right. And, so the one of the last things yeah. I, I kind of want to cover for this for this first awesome NBS news uh, segment. <laughs> yeah, is you know as we <laughs> yeah as we as we work through the kinks and you know and and get it all figured out. So we, again, we appreciate your guys' patience. But so the thing is, is that I was fascinated by this this random tweet now I, again i try to go back through but donald trump tweets so much it's really hard to gauge where it was <laughs> but i think it was 
I think the tweet was the, on the meme that I saw was on March 17th. Um, so not too long ago where he made a comment about, uh, it said the real Donald Trump tweeted that he was going to give like Americans, you know, uh, checks to, to help during the virus, but they're going to look through all of the Facebook history or whatever. And anybody that said, not my president's not going to get a check and you better think twice. And the amount of Trump supporters that are like eating that shit up was scary to me that like we're in the middle of a pandemic and people just need help because they're dying. And like, you can be as petty as to just withhold that aid to people that don't like you, uh-huh. which is like the biggest narcissistic ego trip bullshit that I've ever heard. But it's, it's, it's crazy how many people are follow that. I mean, I guess nothing should surprise us anymore. However, like, what do you, th- what do you think about all that? Like, do you think that it's, that that's morally or ethically right to, to do something like that? Do you think it's even real or, you know, the fact that people are eating it up? I mean, you know, I'm not sure for one of it's real. I am sort of scrolling through his, um, uh, his Twitter to see if I can find it. And I mean, I, I can't as of yet. I mean, he tweets so much, but even if it's real or not, just the, the idea that people think it is that have been sharing it and, and the responses to it. So the responses to it are very real. Yeah, um, absolutely. Whether, whether or not the initial tweet exists, because it's something that it, it brings up an interesting question. Also, uh, there's been a few of my friends on the right that have been expressing frustrations because they keep saying that just, for example, one of my friends just posted this a little bit ago. They were like, just because I would accept like a check from the government during this time of crisis doesn't make me a socialist. Like that's only accepting a check because I I can't being forced not to work, not like just getting paid to lay sit on my ass or blah 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 yada yada hoozy. Yeah. So you also have like this interesting paradigm of of people that are being like, hey, the solutions that you want to do for a pandemic kind of sound like socialism that you shit on. Uh, but when people need help, and so do you think it's even fair to to make those assessments in the middle of a pandemic as well on either side? I mean, well, there's there's a there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but I think, I mean, first of all, you know, let's just address you know the tweet whether or not it's real. Uh, first of all, I think that it's it's completely ridiculous uh, to suggest that. I mean, because is 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 what you're saying here is that I mean, because if I if I remember correctly, what you're saying is that like those all those people who resisted you know Donald Trump and didn't vote for him or calling shit about him. He's like, no, what, you know, we're going to find you. We're going to find you people, make sure that you don't get the checks. And then everybody who did vote for me, uh, did get it. And so that's like, you know, that's like 3 million people. You know, I, I can't remember exactly how many people voted for, for Donald Trump in the, in the 2016 election. But I mean, it's ridiculous, uh, that you would keep that. I mean, that's obviously, I don't think that would actually happen, but the fact that so many of his supporters believe that that's, that's troubling because it's again it just tells you you know the differences between his base and um and the left and how they treat Donald Trump man they, they i mean he is this sort of this figure who can do no wrong and even if he does do wrong we don't care you know it's a, well, it's a I, kind and, of and I will be I, I I will do a little mea and say that I don't know with 100% certainty that they truly believe it or not however it's one of those things where what it felt to me was they either believed it or if it was inevitably going to going to be true, then it would also still be correct that he did that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just think that, you know, as far as a, as a president's actions go, I mean, it's pretty I mean, I, I think he's he's demonstrated just how um, uh, how he disrespects the office of, of the presidency. I mean, now, granted, you know, you can make many arguments in, in how 
the the presidency has been um, sort of deranged over the last uh, you know 15 years. But what Donald Trump is uniquely good at is uh, I mean revealing the facade behind it all, and and it also reveals a lot about us. I think too, as as a people and as American voters, and just that people really don't care, man. Like, uh, you know, there are some people who like to show that they care, but even then, you know, they they do sort of use it. You know, the you know the people on the left, while they probably care most certainly more about the facts about coronavirus and how to reduce its spread, they are probably also using it as an opportunity to to slander him um, when they could be doing some things that are more productive. So you know right um, it's on the other side so yeah so it's going to be you know as ian said this is kind of like our first go at it and uh it's going to be real stoked to for us to kind of keep going and doing these series and covering like you know modern day stuff and we just had to retouch on the coronavirus because it's it's definitely you know oh i guess there's a, one more thing that i would like to say before we wrap sure, up is, yeah. is that i thought I, th- I think it's funny i've been seeing this meme going around where about the conspiratorial the conspiratory thinking about the coronavirus like not existing was when the simpsons because apparently in like a 19 in the early 90s uh episode of the simpsons they they covered coronavirus and people were like see look they predicted it's all made up and whatnot and it's funny because you know coronavirus has been around for a long time and there's just different yeah. this is just a different strain yeah of of coronavirus and i guess the first dog i heard had passed away so like there's now animals might be getting really? affected maybe really yeah or something like that because at first they were saying that it's not you know uh going to animals but that can't be confirmed in an eye so there's a lot of like interesting information going on there but but check our notes because all of those articles will be uh, in the show notes for this episode especially with uh, world of meter where you can get really really much better information on what's going on with the virus and and how that's going to affect us moving forward so yeah uh yeah so i mean with that being said i mean obviously there's there's so much more to talk about um on coronavirus alone um, and I'm sure we'll be updating everyone um, in the coming weeks, months. Yeah, once we kind of know uh, more for what's what's going to be happening. Yeah, so once yeah. we kind of know more. And then, of course, we're going to be doing this regularly. So we're going to be coming out with all kinds of different stuff on, on current events and, and what's happening in the world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, with that being said, um, we'll, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Yeah, sounds good. We'll see you guys next week. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.